As he walked in the front door, she was standing there as if she had been in that posture for quite some time. It was late spring, a lot was going on, things had been busy, but that's how it always is. As the door closed behind Cody, something seemed off. He thought, what is going on? He was quite caught off guard by her demeanor. Her feet shoulder width apart, arms crossed, steady as a statue. He looked around, examined the room, trying to pick up on something he was missing. She obviously knew something he didn't. After a brief moment of silence, with the slightest covering of a tear in her eyes, she uttered two words in a determined but defeated sort of voice that would change his life forever. I'm leaving. Cody had grown up in a solid home. His parents were still married. He prided himself as a go-getter. And from his earliest moments, his dad, a no-nonsense kind of guy, engraved in his mind that as long as you work hard and do your best, everything will work out fine. Cody applied this motto, work hard and you'll be successful, to everything, sports, education, and now his growing business. After receiving his MBA, Cody landed a good job at a startup company that seemed really promising. After five years of working his way up the ladder, it was obvious he should be the one to lead the company. After all, the founder was already dabbling in some other ventures that were becoming a distraction from the company. Cody couldn't be happier. This role was his dream. Standing in the entry of their newly renovated home, over the glossy hardwoods, Cody was stunned and confused. These were the hardwoods he had prided himself for spending countless hours on, but they no longer seemed to matter. Looking in the eyes of his wife, he felt dazed, even wondering if this was some sort of joke. He frantically said, you're what? And she replied immediately, I need some space. By now, he noticed a bag was packed resting near him beside the front door. This wasn't a joke. She was serious. He thought to himself, what in the world is happening? This parable demonstrates for us the reality that many times life is disorienting. Many times life is unpredictable. Life doesn't always go the way that we think it should go. And in a moment, without any, any idea, without any preconceived notion, your life can change without any preparation. And life will throw things at you that seem unbearable to endure, that seem impossible to resolve. But it's in these moments that the only thing that works in these situations is what the scripture calls the secret place. The secret place. The title for today is this, The Secret Place. For the next few weeks, we're going to spend an intentional season, time together for the month of January, and we're going to be walking through together what it looks like for you and me to discover and find 
and embrace and encounter and enjoy the secret place in our own lives. And by the end of this season, um, I intend to equip you with uh, a concept and a practice of the secret place that I hope that you will implement in your own life and I believe will transform you and your spirituality. And so let me make a bold little promise. If you follow along and stick with me over the next few weeks, um, I'll help you formulate your own secret place that will uh, literally have the ability to transform your experience of life and um, God. It is our custom at the beginning of each year where we as a church will take some time to devote ourselves to prayer, uh, to seeking the Lord, to pursuing after him, to finding him, experiencing him through prayer, through fasting, through worship. We've done a lot of things over the years, and this year will be no different. And we're going to be encouraging you at the beginning of this year as you start a new year to to find the Lord in a unique way, to find God, to experience God in a special and a unique way, to discover him as your secret place, which will give you, as I'll make the case today, the ability for you to endure and to thrive in the public place and throughout your entire life. So we're gonna be in Psalm 91, and I'm going to do two uh, verses today, Psalm 91 verses one and two. And this will be our anchor text for today, but it will also be our anchor text for this entire season. I would encourage you, if you're looking for some scripture to dive into uh, at this time of the year, if you're looking for even something to memorize, this chapter is going to be a great text that I would say would be uh, fundamental uh, for um, your ability to, to know God and experiencing him in a meaningful way. Um, this is Psalm 91. It's an anonymous psalm. Um, uh, commentators don't know exactly who wrote this. Uh, the Septuagint, um, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it attributes the authorship uh, to David, to King David, but it's uh, mainly anonymous, uh, which actually in encourages us that we don't know who the author and the writer of this psalm is, which, which means it could we, any of us could put ourselves in the shoes of this author. And this, this is what the text says. I'll look back at verse 1. The text says this, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Four words that I wanna do a little quick word study on together in these verses, um, four words, and I wanna unpack them. And then at the end, I'm going to do some, some application and some, uh, uh, some application for your own life personally. Here's the, here's the four words that I wanna unpack. The first one is dwell. Uh, the scriptures say that he that dwelleth in the secret place. The, the idea in the word here for dwell, it could be translated as to sit or to remain. It could also be translated as to settle or to live or to inhabit. And there's some places in the Old Testament can actually be translated as to marry or to wed. Uh, the idea here is that the secret place is a place that you are meant to dwell. It's a place that you're meant to sit, to remain, to inhabit, to settle in. It, it, it's not a place that is a one-stop shop. It's not a place that's like you visit once a year, like a vacation. It's, it's meant to be a place where you dwell. It's, it's where your habitation exists. It's, it's meant to be, it has a sense of permanence in it. So you're, this is a place where you dwell. The, the next term that I wanna mention or unpack is this term, the secret place. What is the secret place? 
Um, the original language, you could translate this as a hiding place. Uh, you could translate this as shelter or refuge. It would be a location where one could um, find protection from danger. In some translations, you'll see this word used as covering or veil. Um, it also has this idea of secrecy, a place of being hidden or concealed, not publicly known. It can also be translated as a ravine, a steep, narrow valley. You see if places throughout the Old Testament where this concept is, is mentioned in quite a literal sense. In 1 Samuel 19, 2, um, Jonathan, the great friend of David, he would say to to David, he would say, Saul, my father seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. Psalm 81.7 says this, in distress you called and I delivered you, says the Lord. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. The secret place is a, it's a term that's used quite literally for a physical location. That would be a shelter or a refuge, a place that you would hide in the event of a storm or some kind of disaster. And the psalmist here uses that idea of a physical shelter and refuge as a metaphor by which you and I exist in our life in a relationship with God. And, and here's the reality is that everyone has a shelter. Everyone has a refuge. Um, everyone has a hiding place, you could say. It's the place that you go for comfort. It's the place that you go for security. It's the place when things get hard, when things get messy, when things get sideways, that's the place you go. Can I just ask you a pastoral question today? What is your current secret place right now? Where is that place that you go, that you run to for hiding, for comfort, for security? Um, could be a thousand different things. It's, it's where you go when you need to escape. It's where you go when you need to run away. And the question isn't, do you have a secret place? The question is, what is your secret place? Amen. And the psalmist here does this just unbelievable, amazing thing. And he actually says, God can be your secret place. He, he, he refers to God as the most high the most high can be your secret place. And here's what we understand about this psalmist in particular is that he has an experience with God that isn't religion, but it's relationship. He, he has an understanding of God and an experience with God and an encounter with God that is very different than religion. For him, this encounter with God, this knowing God is a relationship. You see, you have to recognize there is a difference between believing in God and experiencing God or knowing him based on the latest uh, studies, um, Pew Research and others who do religious studies you know, every, every year in a lot of different ways. Um, you'd actually be quite shocked to understand how many people believe in God. Um, in the United States, in our country in particular, I don't have the stats in front of me, it's extremely high. I mean, it's upwards of like 80, 90%, maybe even higher than 90% of people. Um, there, there's only a, about less than 10% of people in our country that would actually deny the reality of a, a God. Uh, most people in our country and most people in our society um, aren't in the business of denying God. They would say that they believe in God. But, but I would want to beg the question, um, do you simply believe in God that there is a God or do you actually know God? Do you have an experience with him? Do you have an encounter with him? Religion is fine if you want to do the, uh, 
I don't know, if you want to check the boxes for what a religious person should do, that's one thing. It's another thing to quite ha- to have a different experience with God altogether. See, the, the goal of religion, even at the end of the day, isn't mere belief or beliefs, it's relationship. I remember the first time I understood this. Um, I was in Bible college. Um, I thought I was, I thought I knew God as, as a kid. I was a church kid. I grew up in church and I, I thought that I was, I thought that what God expected of me was just to, to be a good kid and to go to church and to do the things. And so I did the things and I was really good at doing the things. I was, I was in the story of the prodigal son and, and the, the elder son. I was the elder son. I wasn't the son that ran away. I was the son that stayed at home and thought that I was good because of me staying at home. Um, and I remember getting to Bible college and I remember hearing this scripture in Philippians chapter three, verse 10. It would change my life forever. And the scriptures would say, Paul would say that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformed into the image of his death. And for the first time in my life, I understood that God was someone who could be known who could be experienced. That's very different. That's vastly different than religion. See, the problem is if you only have religion, it's not gonna be able to get you through what you need to get you through. Um, It doesn't actually have the power to do that. It doesn't have the strength to do that. It doesn't have the wherewithal to do that. It's only actually God himself that has the ability to do that. So the first word was dwell. The second word was secret place. And the third word is abide. The scriptures say that um, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This, this word here for abide can literally be translated as to lodge. I'd love this in the lexicon. It says it can be translated as pass the night. It carries the idea of lying down. It carries the idea of resting. It carries the idea of being able to lodge and sleep and pass the night. See, a secret place is only effective if, if it actually provides rest and actually allows you to pass the night. The problem with your secret place right now is it doesn't even give you the ability to pass the night. Uh, It it may temporarily uh, change your demeanor. It may temporarily give you uh, comfort, but does it have the ability to help you actually pass the night? Does it actually give you the rest that your hearts um, long for, that your heart needs? I love what St. Augustine would say, thou hast formed us for thyself and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. The secret place is a place that gives you the ability to lodge, to rest, to pass the night. It's what the word abide means. And then here's the the last word, the word shadow. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The word shadow here, quite literally and simply, is the word shadow. It carries the idea, though, of shade or protection. And in this time period in the Middle East, um, shade was extremely valuable. In a place where there weren't often many trees and many places to get away from the sun, many shelters or a roof, if you found the shadow, it gave you the ability to be protected from the harsh uh, sunlight and the elements. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Cody and Kat had been together for six years. They met online in grad school. Both were looking for someone to start a life with. They had similar interests, similar passions, seemed like the perfect fit. They were both top of the class kind of people, determined, 
driven, self-made. Their first few months together was rough, but things had mellowed out over the years. It seemed they had a strategy now for how to do this. Both had become successful in their careers. That's how they were able to purchase a historic home and finance their fixer-upper. It really was a dream home, wraparound front porch, revival-style architecture, historic finishes from a century ago. It all seemed picture-perfect. Over the years, Kat had shared her feelings with Cody. She expressed she didn't feel seen or loved. He was so driven at work and ambitious with other things, Kat often felt she was just along for the ride. They had these conversations, and Cody would nod and apologize, but nothing ever seemed to change. It was as if he didn't really understand the depths of what she was trying to communicate. Cody knew he had a tendency to be driven, but things were okay in his mind. After all, who wouldn't want a nice home, stable finances, and a life like this? As she walked out the door with their one-year-old in tow, she calmly but confidently said, please don't contact me. I need some space to figure things out. I'm staying with Mary. I'll contact you in a few days. Watching her drive off may have been the most painful thing he had ever experienced. In a moment, he lost all sense of clarity. The mind that always seemed on top of things lacked the usual fortitude. As he sat on the freshly built front steps, the questions were coming so fast it was as if he couldn't keep up. You know, the vast majority of our lives will be spent in what I'll refer to as the public place. Most of your life will be spent in the public place. The, the public place would include everything from work to family to traveling, eating out, going to the gym, hanging with friends. Much of life is spent in the public place. It's, it's where we live and it's where we operate. It's where we, it's where we function. But your ability... There's a connection between the public place and what the scriptures refer to as the secret place. If you're taking notes, um, here, here's my first point. I'll say this. You cannot function in the public place if you are not filled in the secret place. You can, you can go through your day. You can show up to work. You can come home. You can do all the stuff. You can live your life in the public place. But your ability to actually function well in the public place is directly tied to your ability to be filled in the secret place. Some of you are living an empty life. You show up for work, you come home, you do the routine, you do the thing, but your life is it's not filled. It's, 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 it's empty. It's just one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. Go, 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 go. All the while not actually living a life that's fulfilled and full and meaningful. And from one meeting to the next, from one event to the next, from one errand to the next, all the while feeling empty and an inability to feel a sense of purpose and meaning. Perhaps the reason is that you've spent so much time in the public place while neglecting the secret place. It's in the secret place where you are filled, where the tank has the ability to fill up, 
where you have the ability to be poured into, to be renewed, to be restored so that you can actually function and thrive in the public place so that you can do what God has called you to do. Here, I'll say this as well. Most of life's greatest needs can only be found in the secret place. Most of your greatest needs, most of the things that are absolutely core and central and necessary for your life, the most important things, most of those things can only be found in the secret place. The skill is not enough, intellect is not enough, drive is not enough, an investment portfolio is not enough. Some answers, some comforts, some revelations, some deliverances can only be found in the secret place. And there's a secret power that can only be found in that secret place. We spend so much of our lives trying to come up with strategies for relationships and how to overcome this and how to do better at work and how to get our finances in order and how to get our bodies more healthy and how to... We spend so much time coming up with man-made earthly strategies when what you need is something that can only be found in the secret place. And here's the thing is that God is ready and eager and willing to deposit into your life. He's ready. 24-7, he's ready. You could stop right now. You could walk out of this building. You could go on a walk. You could go sit in Wallace Park and sit on the ground and God is ready to meet you. He's ready, to, he's ready to pour into you. He's ready to deposit into you things that you need for the public place, for, for life. Um, he, he's ready to, to give. He's, he's not a God that's, that's holding back, that's a stingy God. He's, he's a God that's a giver. He's, he's a liberal, the scriptures say, in his generosity towards us. He, he wants to give, he wants to unpack, he wants to, to give us things, but those things can only be found in the secret place. And many of you are looking for relational strategies that perhaps can only be found in the secret place. Business solutions that can only be found in the secret place. Organizational challenges that can only be overcome in the secret place. It's in the secret place and most of life's greatest needs can only be found in that secret place. Just out of curiosity, I wonder what you and I might be missing because of things we're not getting in the secret place. My, my pattern, my custom is everybody's secret place looks, looks different. Um, for me, it's a, it's a place that I try to go to as often as possible and um, probably is not as consistent as you would think it would be for a pastor. Uh, just a few days ago, I was stopping and I'm currently in, I'm, I'm in the old, I'm in First Kings um, 19 and I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the story of Elijah and literally was just reading and meditating and spending some time with the Lord in the secret place. And God gave me a revelation in that secret place that probably is going to be the most significant thing for my entire year. And I, 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 walked, I walked away that, that morning and I was like, what if I didn't get that revelation for, what, what would I be doing? What would I be trying, what would I be missing out on without that anchor and that revelation even in, what might you be missing out on in your life right now because you haven't received from God what you need to receive in the secret place? Identity, purpose, meaning, clarity, calmness, peace, 
direction, decisions. Most of life's greatest needs can only be found in the secret place. I'll say this as well. Everything necessary for the public place is found in the secret place. Everything necessary in order to, to be the kind of person that you want to be, to, to be the kind of spouse that you want to become, to be the kind of um, employee that you need to be, to be the kind of neighbor, the kind of friend, the kind of whatever. Everything that's necessary for the public place is actually found in the secret place. And we have to reorient our lives as rather than being so spent in the public place that we occasionally go to the secret place in times of need. No, we fill up first in the secret place so that we can be ready and prepared for the public place. Martin Luther, the father of the Protestant Reformation, he, he famously said, I have so much to do today that I must spend three hours in prayer in the morning. In his mind, the greater his objectives, the greater his task, the longer his list, the more time that he needed in the secret place in order to be filled up for the public place. I love what Solomon would say in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. He would say, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Um, I like it when the scriptures are simple, you know. What's the point? What's the purpose? What's the whole duty? Here it is. Fear God. That's the point. That's all of life. Fear God. Know him. Have a, have a relationship with God where you stand in awe of God and you fear. And then just obey what he tells you to do. Obey and step in obedience and what he tells you to do. And that's what it's all about. That's the whole duty of man. That's what the scriptures say. Which means you could perhaps make the case that nothing in life is more important than the secret place, the secret place. So let me do this. Um, throughout these next few weeks, um, I have the tendency to live in theory land. And so I want to also live in practical land uh, for you. So throughout these few weeks, I want to try to help with some practical things for somebody who might be here today, but like the secret what? I'm sorry. Um, what are we doing here? Um, so what is the secret place? How does, how does it work? What does it look like? I mean, we got people in the room today who um, aren't even sure what a relationship with God looks like. Um, spending time, secret what? I don't even understand. So, so how do you do the secret place? Let me be real practical. How do you do it? Um, and I'm not gonna give you a formula. Um, it's gonna look different for everyone. So I'm not gonna tell you exactly what this might look like for your life. I was having a conversation with a couple guys on staff uh, this week and both of them had very different experiences for what this looked like for even them. But here's, here's how you do the secret place. Um, three quick little things. Here's number one. Number one is this, um, separate. Number one is separate. You have to separate. Um, you, we're gonna look at this in, in the coming weeks where we see Jesus, he withdraws. Jesus would withdraw from the busyness of life and he, for, for him, he would go into the wilderness. It, it was, he would find a desolate place. Um, I love this about Jesus. He wasn't married so he could get away with this. He left in the morning without telling anybody where he was going. <laughs> the disciples would literally wake up and they'd be like, where is Jesus? And we're like, we've got no clue. He would just wake up and leave. He would withdraw. The secret place has to be a place where you separate. All right, is, is that a walk? Is that a car ride? Is that a room in your house? Is that an attic with the heater on? You know, is, is it a man cave in the backyard? Where, where, it has to be a place where you separate. It, ha, it has to be a place where you withdraw. 
So the secret place, how do you do it? Well, number one is you, you separate. Uh, what does it look like for you to separate? And some of you, I, you know, you're like a mom with four kids and you're like, it's impossible to ever separate from anyone in my life. I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. But what does it look like for you to get 10 minutes and separate? What's it, two minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, two. What, is, what would it look like for you to separate? So number one is you have to separate. You have to, here's number two. Once you separate, number two is meditate. Uh, scriptures talk about meditation and um, a lot of different ways that this can happen. But when you separate, when you get to your place, you meditate, all right? You just, you just sit still. The scriptures would say, be still and know that I am God. So stop the activity, stop the work. Um, my mind, I mean, if you could see inside my head, it'd probably discourage you, but my mind, I, so many things are going on all the time. Like, I just, I just keep a notepad sometimes beside me and because I'm like, man, I, oh, shoot, I just, I gotta, I forgot that I have to do this. Okay, well, just write it down. Okay, I'll take care of that later. Write it down. All right, st- be still. Uh, you, have to, you have to meditate. Um, meditation, which, which means taking the scriptures and just taking a portion of scripture. Um, maybe even today or this week, take Psalm 91. Just take Psalm 91. Take a verse, take one word, take the whole chapter, take whatever, just meditate. Um, it's a place where you, you're going to be still, you're going to meditate, you're going to spend some time, you're going you're to breathe, and you're just going to exist, and you're going to enjoy uh, being a human being rather than a human doing. So just going to be, okay? We're going to meditate, we're going to, we're just going to be. And then number three is this, is communicate. Number three is Communicate. The secret place is a place of communication. It's a place where you communicate with God and God communicates with you. So what's on your mind? What's on your heart? What do you, what do you need to tell God? What are you mad about? What are you just ticked off? What are you angry about? Go ahead, just tell God. Tell God what you're mad about. Uh, articulate, verbalize what's going on in your life. God, this is, this is happening. I, I am so, have so much anxiety because this meeting that's getting ready to happen this afternoon and God, I don't know what to do. God, what in the world am I gonna do with these kids? Um, what am I going to, God, we can't pay the light bill this, go, tell him, communicate, communicate, tell, tell him your needs, but tell him how good he is. Tell him how amazing he is. Speak to him, communicate to him. It's a relationship. And then listen, what is he saying to you? What is God often he'll shoulder tap me is what I call it. He'll give me a little shoulder tap. Okay, Lord. Okay. I hear you. He'll, 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 he'll bring some clarity to some things. He'll give you some direction to some things. He'll, he'll, he'll give you some revelation even about your own life and what you need. So it's number three is communicate. You just communicate and you talk and you communicate to him and then you also let him communicate to you and you listen. It's a place where you separate. It's a place where you meditate and then it's a place where you communicate. Cody had never had problems sleeping but with his head on the pillow that night, it felt like he may never sleep again. The master bedroom, once the heart of the home, now felt hollow, empty, cold. Lying there watching the revolutions of the ceiling fan over and over again, he'd never experienced this many questions in his head. He'd never felt this kind of feeling. He thought, Perhaps this is what people mean when they talk about anxiety. And for the first time in his life, 
it was clear no amount of money no amount of intellect no amount of ambition would be able to solve this problem what in the world was he going to do